Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. This is my week four reactions. Ethan is currently not here right now, so I'll be doing this myself. So the first game I'm going to be talking about is the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Green Bay Packers. This was actually a very good game. I wasn't expecting it to be anything special. I thought that Green Bay had a very solid offense and an absolutely amazing defense going into the season. And I just didn't think Philadelphia had enough weapons to get past that defense uh, in Green Bay. But surprisingly, this game was actually very interesting to watch. Carson Wentz finished the day with only 160 passing yards, but he did have three touchdowns to no interceptions with a quarterback rating of 113.2. On the other hand, Aaron Rodgers had a monster game going 34 for 53 with 422 yards to the air. Two touchdowns and an interception with a QB rating of 93.4. The Philadelphia rushing game also wasn't that strong. Uh, frankly, it was Jordan Howard carrying their entire rushing game. He had two touchdowns on the day to go with 87 yards with a longest run of 19. Aaron Rodgers was actually Green Bay's leading rusher that night, uh, finishing with five carries for 46 yards. Um, there weren't really any surprises, uh, other than Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams had an absolutely amazing game, even though he was unable to reach the end zone. Uh, there was one play in the first quarter where he should have, but slowed down a little bit. He finished the day with 10 receptions for 180 yards and no touchdowns. His longest reception being for 58 yards. My thoughts on the game... I think that Green Bay should have won. As good as Philly played that game, I just don't picture Philadelphia beating this Green Bay Packers team more than once. Uh, if they were to play again the next day, I I would take Green Bay over Philadelphia. I just think that Carson Wentz had a few great throws. He didn't play his best game. But he got the job done, and it was just barely enough to get by the Green Bay Packers finishing the game with a score of 34-27 to in favor of Philadelphia. The second game I'm going to be talking about is the Tennessee Titans versus the Atlanta Falcons. Originally, I had the Titans winning this game, but uh, on further thought, I did firmly believe the Falcons were going to come out with a win here, but to my surprise, uh, on my second thought, I should have gone with my gut because the Titans played amazing. Marcus Mariota had three touchdowns on the day to go with 227 yards through the air and 22 yards on the ground. Matt Ryan, he put up numbers. He put up 397 passing yards, but no touchdowns, uh, which really really hindered the Falcons play their only touchdown came from Ito Smith on a 10-yard rushing touchdown Derrick Henry also had a really 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 strong game uh, finishing the day with 27 carries for 100 yards even uh, with no touchdowns on the day but a long run of 16 yards AJ Brown of the Tennessee Titans is a very underrated receiver he has been very good this year. I'm, I've am i been very impressed with what he's been doing. Same with Corey Davis. Both of those guys reached the end zone today. 
A.J. Brown reaching it twice, Corey Davis reaching it once. A.J. Brown finished the day with three receptions for 94 yards, two touchdowns. Corey Davis, on the other hand, five receptions for 91 yards and one touchdown. On the Falcons' side, Austin Hooper had a great game. He had nine catches for 130 yards, no touchdowns, but what more can you ask for from your receiver other than to get into the end zone? He got most of your yards on offense, and I think that was good enough for the Falcons that day. The defense was a little sloppy on the Falcons' side. I do think that they should have been able to stop Tennessee. Tennessee's biggest problem for opposing teams is Derrick Henry. Uh, You have to tackle that man down low. You cannot tackle him from the shoulders. Anything the waist up, he's not going to go down. He is a strong, powerful running back that is not brought down easily by any player in the NFL. And that's what the Falcons failed to do that day. They couldn't get to Derrick Henry. They couldn't stop him. And he had an amazing game. Uh, Obviously, I think that the Titans should have won. They played a great game. Uh, I just want to see Marcus Mariota and Derrick Henry be more consistent with these types of performances. Because if they can put up the numbers that they put up that day, Titans have a very good shot of making the playoffs this year. Uh, I mean, they just took out a playoff contending team 24-10, to outscoring them in every quarter, except for the third. But I think that Titans are a dangerous team, and they just need to become more consistent with their play. Next game I'm going to be talking about is Washington Redskins versus New York Giants. There's one thing that I need to talk about with this game. There was an extremely poor decision on the side of the Redskins, and that was putting Dwayne Haskins in in the middle of the game. Dwayne Haskins is a rookie quarterback. When your team is losing by that much, you don't put your rookie in. You want to put your rookie in a position where he has confidence going into the game that he can win, that he can kind of get all the rookie jitters off of him, get a win under his belt, and come back next week stronger. They took Case Keenum out and replaced him with Dwayne Haskins in the middle of the game, and I just do not think that that this was a good idea. They put Dwayne Haskins in an uncomfortable situation, and it just made things worse. He finished with 107 yards to the air, no touchdowns to three interceptions, and an absolutely horrible quarterback rating of 32.8. Daniel Jones, on the other hand, came down to earth a little bit uh, since his first start, uh, finishing with 225 yards, one touchdown to two interceptions. Uh, I think the biggest performer of the day in my eyes was, without a doubt, Sterling Shepard. I never thought Sterling Shepard could be a top target on a team, but so far this year, he has done a very good job of being that number one wide receiver for the New York Giants, replacing Odell Beckham, who's obviously now in Cleveland. Now, again, this is the New York Giants team with Odell Beckham, Saquon Barkley, and what could have been Daniel Jones, but for what they have at this point, with Saquon being out for a while, 
I think that the Giants are actually playing fairly well. Um, the Redskins, on the other hand, have a lot of defensive issues to work out. They couldn't get to the quarterback at all. They didn't sack Daniel Jones once throughout the entire game. And you need that defensive pressure to win a game. Um, that's why the final score was 24 to 3 in favor of the Giants, because the Redskins couldn't get any defensive pressure on Dwayne on uh, Daniel Jones, I'm sorry. Um, and force him to throw possibly another interception to tack on to his tally. The next game we're going to be talking about is the Cleveland Browns at the Baltimore Ravens. The defense is to blame for this one. And don't think that John Harbaugh is out of the clear either. Um, the defense was horrible on the Ravens' side. They they sacked Baker Mayfield once. The Browns don't have the best offensive line in the NFL, so it should have been much easier to get to him and to pressure him. The Ravens didn't do that. Uh, it was the sloppiest I've ever seen the Ravens' defense play. Uh, they came into this year, everybody thought they were going to be one of the strongest defenses in the entire NFL. And like I said in my week four predictions, this could have been the game that the Browns break out. This could be the game that the Browns show the league why everybody was afraid of them. Baker Mayfield, despite throwing an interception, had 342 yards to the air and a touchdown. Nick Chubb had an amazing game. Um, 20 carries for 165 yards and three touchdowns um, with a massive 88-yard run in the third quarter. Jarvis Landry also played great despite leaving the game early uh, to go into concussion protocol, later being diagnosed with a concussion. He finished the day with eight receptions for 167 yards and no touchdowns. I will say about the Ravens' defense that Marlon Humphreys did a fantastic job of shutting down Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham only had 20, 20 yards on the day uh, and two catches. That is a fantastic job of locking down one of the NFL's elite wide receivers. On the Ravens' side, Lamar Jackson, this is where I get mad at John Harbaugh. You have an offense that can be something special. You have a quarterback who spent his entire offseason trying to improve his throwing, his accuracy, his throw power, his decisions. He is voiced over and over that he does not like running. While he can run, and while sometimes he chooses to run, it's not what he wants to do, and Frankly, this year, he's been much better at passing than he has been at running. Obviously, he's Lamar Jackson. He can make defenders miss like Barry Sanders can. But give Lamar Jackson another shot at passing. He has over 1,000 yards passing this year. He has 10 touchdowns total to two interceptions. Both came against the Browns. He's been one of the top passers in the NFL this season. And yesterday he did finish, well, not yesterday, he did finish with three touchdowns um, through the air. Uh, he also had nine rushes for 66 yards. 
However, I do think that uh, without seeing Marquise Brown get much action on Sunday, I do think that it hindered the Ravens' offense very much. I think that the Browns' defense did a fantastic job of locking them down. Not only that, but Miles Garrett also was a force getting to Lamar Jackson, pressuring him into bad throws at times, and also sacking him. Uh, obviously, this game should have been a lot closer, but it shows just how dangerous the Browns are. They took out a very strong playoff contender, 40-25. to 25. Um, So I just hope that the Browns can improve upon this and be more consistent in this sense. The next game I'm going to be talking about is the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Detroit Lions. To Evan and to Ethan, I apologize. I said that this game was going to be a blowout in favor of the Chiefs. But the Lions? The Lions are a playoff contender. The Lions nearly took down the team to beat in the NFL. I don't think it's the Patriots that are the team to beat. I don't think it's the Cowboys. I think it's still the Kansas City Chiefs. If you have Patrick Mahomes on your team, you are making the playoffs. You are a good team. He is a fantastic player that can do a multitude of things on the field to get you a win. But the Lions, even with Darius Slay being questionable going into the game, the Lions played fantastic. Matt Stafford had one of the best games I've ever seen, finishing with 291 yards and three touchdowns to no interceptions, actually outperforming Patrick Mahomes, the reigning MVP, who finished with 315 yards, no touchdowns for the first time in, I believe, 16 games and no interceptions. The Lions rushing game, led by Karrion Johnson, was also fantastic. Karrion Johnson had 125 yards on the day. Um, no touchdowns, though, but he got the job done. He got the Lions in the scoring position, and he let Matt Stafford finish the job. I was surprised to see Travis Kelsey as the top receiver for Kansas City that game. I thought it was going to be Sammy Watkins. I thought he was going to continue performing the way he has this year, which has been at a very high level. Uh, I'd go as far to say Pro Bowl level. But Travis Kelsey showed and reminded everybody that he is still a top tight end, uh, finishing with seven catches for 85 yards. On the line side, even though he didn't have the most yards, Kenny Galladay did have two touchdowns, and I think that he was the Lions' second MVP, obviously behind Matt Stafford. Defensive-wise, wasn't really a battle. Um, no turnovers were forced. Uh, no interceptions, no fumbles from either team. Uh, it was more of an offensive battle. And to see Detroit nearly come out on top, against the most high-powered offense I've seen since the 2007 Patriots was pretty amazing to watch. Um, I thought they were going to come out with a win there for a second, but Kansas City always finds a way to pull things out. Um, 
Obviously, the final score was 34 to 30 in favor of the Chiefs. They had a last-minute touchdown, um, which sealed the deal for them. I don't think there was any coming back from that for Matt Stafford. He's been known to pull some things off in the past, but I think that game was out of reach once Kansas City scored late in the fourth. The next game we're going to be talking about is the Carolina Panthers versus the Houston Texans. What a horrible game. But what a great game for Christian McCaffrey. Um, he had 27 carries for 93 yards and a touchdown, as well as leading the Panthers in receiving with 10 catches for 86 yards, no touchdowns. But what a horrible game for both Kyle Allen and Deshaun Watson. I'm more disappointed in Deshaun Watson. Uh, the Panthers' defense never really looked that strong to me. I thought that Houston was going to easily come out with a win here and wipe the floor with the Panthers' defense, but that didn't happen. DeAndre Hopkins was shut down. Deshaun Watson was shut down. Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson both didn't get anything going during the game. Um, their only touchdown came from Deshaun Watson uh, on a short run. Um, but this was this was a defensive battle. Uh, there was only one interception that was thrown by DeAndre Hopkins on a trick play. But this was more forcing fourth downs, forcing the other team to punt, give you good field position. But no offense was able to capitalize on it. Um, this was a very boring game to pay attention to and to watch. I was very disappointed more in the Texans than I was in the Panthers because Obviously, the Panthers are still getting used to a new starting quarterback in Kyle Allen. Um, the system's been changing around uh, since Cam Newton went down with an injury. Um, so I wasn't as shocked to see the Panthers not play that well. I was shocked to see the Texans, a team that coming into the season was seen as a formidable team in the league, a uh, team that was going to make a, the playoffs and potentially make a deep run in the playoffs. Uh, never a Super Bowl contender, but a strong playoff team. So I was disappointed to watch the Texans. I thought that they were going to easily win this game, uh, but they ended up losing 16-10, to despite Kyle Allen not having a single touchdown pass. It was very much like the Kansas City game, only a defensive battle. Uh, I just think that this was a poor game to watch so the next game we're going to be talking about is the Oakland Raiders versus the Indianapolis Colts this was a shootout this was a game I loved to watch Derek Carr had rather an off day passing uh, despite having two touchdowns to no interceptions uh, he did only have 189 yards which is a little low for his standards on the other hand Jacoby Brissett continued to play at an elite level finishing with 265 yards three touchdowns to one interception and also Josh Jacobs had a rather impressive day on the ground um, 17 carries for 79 yards no touchdowns but very solid performance from him same with Trevor Davis of the Raiders who had two carries for 74 yards and a touchdown with a 60 yard run uh, 
the Colts rushing game wasn't as good as it should be. Obviously, they don't have any stars on their team. Uh, their rushing is going to be led by Marlon Mack for the remainder of the season. Um, other than that, this wasn't a defensive game. There was one interception the entire game. Other than that, no turnovers. Um, this was just an offensive battle between two bad offenses against two bad defenses. This game was just going to be a shootout in the making, and I think it lived up to what it was supposed to be. Um, obviously, I think that the Colts should have come out on top. I don't like the Raiders as a team. Um, I really only like Derek Carr, but I love to watch him win, and I love to watch him win 31-24 to over a Jacoby Brissett-led Colts. Another game I'm going to be talking about is Los Angeles Chargers versus the Miami Dolphins. I don't even want to talk about this game. This game was just bad in every way, shape, and form. Stats don't tell the story of this game. You don't need stats to know that the Chargers were going to absolutely blow out the Dolphins. The Dolphins... <laughs> Dolphins need to get rid of their entire team. They need to start from scratch. Actually, I feel like if they started from scratch, they would probably have a better team than what they have now. I've given up on Josh Rosen for the past few weeks. I've had just a little bit of hope left in him, a little bit of faith. I've given up. I've given up everything involving Josh Rosen. He was horrible in Arizona, and he's horrible in Miami. If you can't perform with Larry Fitzgerald as your wide receivers, how do you expect to perform with a team that has zero options other than Kenyon Drake, who is your running back? The Chargers, Chargers did what the Chargers can, and that's score. Although I do think that they could have scored more than 30 points, um, and I do think that their defense could have done a lot better than letting up 10 points to the Miami Dolphins, the undisputed worst team in the NFL. I think the Chargers played really well. Um, Phillip Rivers did have two touchdowns, but um, the real story is the Dolphins. They, they need to fix some things. They need to hit a lottery pick next year in the draft, and they need to get an absolute gem. One of my favorite games this week was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Rams. Jameis Winston. What a game. What a game, Jameis Winston. This was your best game of your career. Jared Goff. This was one of your one of your lowlights. And that's saying a lot. Because you had 517 passing yards. And you still played horrible. How do you lose to the Buccaneers? I mean, granted, the Buccaneers are a very inconsistent team. You never know what Jameis Winston is going to give you. He's either going to give you four touchdowns in a day, like that day, or he's going to give you four interceptions and a 50-point loss. But that's besides the point. Jameis Winston played absolutely amazing. Quarterback rating of 120.5 after 385 yards through the air. Four touchdowns to one interception. 
Jared Goff and Todd Gurley. It's more Todd Gurley because I've established my thoughts on Jared Goff, how he is as a player, um, why I don't like him. The Rams, the Rams need to win, and they need to do that through Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley is their biggest offensive weapon. There's no doubt about it. And it breaks my heart to see Todd Gurley perform the way that he's been performing at a lackluster rate. Ever since he got injured, nothing's been the same. And it first started to truly show in last year's Super Bowl against the Patriots when he had a very poor performance. Um, This year has been no different. Todd Gurley hasn't really broken out. It's almost as if he's fallen off the face of the earth, and that that really hurts. That hurts me to say. But I think that the Rams do have the ability to bounce back after a 55-40 loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They just need to get Jared Goff back on track. They need to get him to start playing like a starting quarterback who is able to take a team to the Super Bowl. Um, It's nothing with Sean McVay. It's nothing with the Rams' defense. It's Jared Goff and Todd Gurley. Those are the two players that they need to fix. Now I move on to talking about the worst game I have ever seen Tom Brady play. And... Probably probably the worst game I've seen Josh Allen play. Uh, but this is more about Tom. The Bills' defense is not as strong as people want to think they are. Yes, the Bills are 3-1. and one. It's, it's a miracle. It's something that we haven't seen since the 1990s when Jim Kelly was their quarterback. And they went to four straight Super Bowls and lost all four. But... Patriots should have won by a lot more. I know both teams were 3-0 and going into this game, but the Patriots have a better team. You know, like, There's no doubt about it. And to go out there and to only win 16-10 to against the Buffalo Bills, whose number one receiver is Cole Beasley, and their number one running back is Frank Gore. I mean, don't get me wrong. Frank Gore is a monster. But he's a monster who's in his really late 30s. Um, The Patriots just disappointed me. I mean, Tom Brady only, for the first time in a long time, Tom Brady had less than 200 passing yards. And for the first time in a long time, he didn't throw a touchdown pass, but threw an interception. He finished the day with 150 passing yards, no touchdowns, one interception, with a quarterback rating of 45.9. However, Josh Allen wasn't a stud himself that day. Uh, 153 passing yards, zero touchdowns to three interceptions, and a quarterback rating of 24 flat. This was a true defensive battle, and whenever it's a defensive battle, everybody knows that it's going to be Bill Belichick who comes out on top. He is by far the best defensive coach I've ever seen in my life. Um, And the Patriots were bound to come out with a win here. I was just expecting way more from Tom Brady and the New England offense. 
Another game I'd like to touch base on was Minnesota Vikings versus Chicago Bears. Not because of how bad both teams played or how bad Kirk Cousins is in reality compared to what everybody thinks he is or what everybody wants him to be. This is about Mitchell Trubisky. This may be the most impactful injury to the Bears, to anybody outside of the Mac family. He diagnosed with a dislocated left shoulder. Uh, however, Chase Daniel played great. Um, one touchdown, no interceptions. Got them a win. And I think that while Trubitsky's out, I think that if Chase Daniel can continue to perform, there could be a potential quarterback controversy in Chicago. Trubitsky hasn't really hasn't really been what the Bears wanted him to be and I never liked him coming into the league. I think that he was taken way too high in the draft for someone who barely played in college. I think that Chase Daniel has potential to become a starter in Chicago. Um I don't like Mitch Trubitsky. I think that he is extremely overrated. And for how good of a team the Bears could could become, especially with Khalil Mack on that defense, maybe switching things up at quarterback for a game or two to see how it goes may not be the worst move. I mean, the worst thing that could happen is that you lose track of a game or two and you send Mitch Trubitsky back in. And maybe, just maybe, he reignites the team. If that doesn't happen, you restart next year. But this Bears team could be something special. And maybe changing things up in one spot is all they need to be a Super Bowl contender. Another game that I really don't want to talk about because it was just a bad game was the Cowboys versus Saints. This was, God, what a horrible, horrible, horrible game. I mean, for the first time in a while, it looked like Dak Prescott couldn't throw the ball. I mean, every Cowboys fan thinks Dak Prescott has got amazing accuracy, amazing reads, <laughs> amazing vision. And there was a play where he threw the ball up to Amari Cooper in quadruple coverage, 20 yards, 30 yards down the field. This was just a this was just a bad game from both teams and I understand what's going on with the Saints. I understand that they did lose Drew Brees and they're they're having to deal with Teddy Bridgewater, but Teddy Bridgewater can play in the NFL. I want people to accept the fact that Teddy Bridgewater can play in the NFL. He didn't have a good game against Dallas, but Dallas has a fantastic defense. Teddy Bridgewater right now is 2 and 0. And that's all he's been asked to do, is to win. He hasn't been asked to put up crazy numbers. He's been asked to keep the team where they are in the standings of the division. And I think he's done a fantastic job. I think people need to give Teddy Bridgewater another shot. Um, but I just didn't expect the Cowboys to lose. I didn't. I thought the Cowboys were going to... I thought the Cowboys were going to go at the Saints' necks. I thought I thought they were going to take them down. 
but they ended up losing 12 to 10 and I was very disappointed in every single person on that Cowboys team, especially Dak Prescott. In the Cincinnati Bengals versus Pittsburgh Steelers Monday night game, we saw the Pittsburgh Steelers get their first win of the season against the other team in their division that is winless, the Cincinnati Bengals. This was this was a battle of two horrible, horrible, horrible teams. Um, one team being particularly horrible because they're missing their franchise quarterback, even though their franchise quarterback is in his late 30s. Um, Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton needs to quit football at this point. Andy Dalton just needs to leave the NFL. Uh, like, I'm sorry, but that Pittsburgh defense is not good. And if you're putting up 171 yards, no touchdowns, and an interception with a quarterback rating of 57.4 against a team at the time that was 0-3, that is horrible. Andy Dalton. And, I mean, Joe Mixon, he had an alright game, 15 carries, 62 yards. I mean, it's not really much consolation to say that the Pittsburgh offense didn't play that well either. Um, they played better than what I expected, but at the same time, I thought Cincinnati would have come out with a win here because Andy Dalton is an actual starting quarterback. Mason Rudolph has been a backup his entire career. I, I didn't expect Andy Dalton to to perform this poorly. This was this was a bad game, and Pittsburgh was able to make the most of Andy Dalton's performances, uh, taking the game twenty-seven to three. I'm gonna take a quick second to talk about the Seahawks and Cardinals game. The Cardinals once again lost, this time to a very strong Seattle team, 27-10. I'm not here to talk about the Seahawks and how well Russell Wilson played or how well Chris Carson played. I'm here to talk about Kyler Murray. I know the man can play football. There is no doubt in my mind that Kyler Murray can play football. And I want to see him succeed. He's a good guy. Uh, I think that he has potential to be like Russell Wilson. They're very similar players, very similar builds. Short, quick, strong arm. Something just isn't clicking in Arizona. They have offensive weapons. I mean, their defense is a little bit suspect, but Patrick Peterson makes up for a lot of it. But Larry Fitzgerald has played great this year, and David Johnson in the receiving game has also been very, very good. He is a very solid receiving back. So the Cardinals don't lack weapons on offense. Something just isn't right. And I don't know what it is, but I just want to see Kyler Murray succeed. I think I think he deserves to succeed in the NFL. Um, I want to see him play well, and I want to see him lead the Cardinals to a winning record. 
I don't think it's going to happen this year. I think that that option flew out the window. Next year, hopefully, Larry Fitzgerald's still around. Hopefully, he's still doing what he's doing this year. But I highly doubt it. And that that kind of hurts because I like Kyler Murray in college, and I just want to see him perform in the NFL. So the last game I'm going to be talking about was my favorite to watch this week. Was the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Denver Broncos. This was the first time I've seen Joe Flacco play great in a while. Truly in a while. Actually, the last time I can remember Joe Flacco playing great was that 2012 playoff run. But the real story was the Jacksonville Jaguars. The legend continues. Gardner Minshew, the man, the myth, the legend, has only increased his popularity. Throwing for 213 yards, two touchdowns to no interceptions. Not only that, but Leonard Fournette had a massive, massive game. Having 29 carries for 225 yards, the first 200-yard rushing game of the season. Potentially the only one. Um, and the Jaguars were able to come out of the win here, 26-24. to This was not a defensive battle. Uh, actually, in fact, the Denver defense probably played better than the Jaguars defense, which is very surprising. Because they sacked Gardner Minshew five times. And Jacksonville didn't sack Joe Flacco once. Denver could have won this game. Denver Denver could have won this game if they give Philip Lindsay a chance. Philip Lindsay was a Pro Bowl running back last year. And they decide to just not hand him the ball. They decide to give it to Joe Flacco. Who is probably the most oblivious quarterback when in the pocket I have ever seen in my life. I mean, there there needs to be an award for that. You, ha- you have to be minimal IQ to have the awareness of Joe Flacco. And yet they, they only use Joe Flacco. They never go to Philip Lindsay. They don't give Philip Lindsay a chance, which is the reason why Denver can't win a game. This is why they're 0-4, is because they're not giving the ball to their Pro Bowl running back enough times. And when they do run the ball, they give it to Royce Freeman, who has not put up the numbers that Philip Lindsay did last year. So I have a lot of issues with this game in particular, but I do like to see Jacksonville come out with a win here.